0: on you supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, and today we're going to be talking about, uh, let's see, maybe food. (laughs) We're all going to be talking about food and faith today. I've got a number of things I want to share with you, Uh, and and several recipes, by the way. I want to talk about uh, tomatoes, because we're still in the summertime, and Tomatoes are plentiful, so we'll talk about what you can do with tomatoes. Also, on the agenda, on the menu for today, we're going to talk about pickled vegetables. It's an easy way to uh, to preserve, uh, delicious way, by the way, to preserve uh, an overabundance of vegetables. If you if you have a garden or if you have a uh, a farmer's market close to your house, you're able to get some uh, some fresh vegetables, but are concerned about whether or not you can go through them uh, in a timely fashion without. Them uh, going bad. Well, we can talk about pickling them because that's delicious, and uh, it'll help to preserve them for quite a while. We're also going to be talking about chicken today. Uh, I came across um, an article just the other day that that uh, recommended fifteen different uh, seasoning blends, if you will, or seasoning options, different ways of seasoning chicken that, that you may not have thought of. You know, sometimes that happens. We're in the kitchen, we're cooking, uh, we're doing what we do, and uh, it, our sight gets a bit narrow. You know, we, we only see what we know, and, and so we don't think outside the box as a popular uh, phrase you hear people talking about thinking outside the box, uh, but sometimes we just get narrow in our in our thinking of what's possible when it comes to seasoning our food. I've I've come across that quite a bit actually uh, over the last uh, few months since uh, the release of my uh, my first book around the table with the Catholic foodie Middle Eastern cuisine. You know, so many people say, well, why why Middle Eastern? What is what? Why that? You know, and and I, I have the uh, the the luxury of. Uh, of being able to explain to them, it's like you know, I ask them. I was like, "Do you like to eat uh, Greek food, you know, or Lebanese food?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. I love. We have this little restaurant downtown. You know, it's a Greek-Lebanese restaurant. Blah 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 blah. Right? And they they talk about their favorite uh, dish, this lamb dish, these kebabs, this you know, the hummus. Oh my goodness, the hummus at this restaurant is just. And my response is, well, that's Middle Eastern. Food, you know the the Greek world uh, very much influenced by uh, what what you had in the Middle East, and so typically you'll find these restaurants that are Middle Eastern slash Mediterranean restaurants or Greek and Lebanese. You know the Lebanese kitchen is the ideal kitchen. In the Middle East, uh, you ask people from the Middle East and they'll tell you that that's they have developed uh, the cuisine in Lebanon to such a high degree that all the other countries in that area look up to Lebanon in the in the in the, in the food category, at least. Uh, so that's why a Middle Eastern cookbook. My wife is of Lebanese descent and I, I learned to uh, both eat delicious Lebanese food and her her parents' home and also uh, to cook uh, Middle Eastern food. And then I, I led a pilgrimage to the Holy Land back in February of last year. And uh, it was the first food meets faith pilgrimage to the Holy Land, a Catholic foodie pilgrimage. And uh, we combined the traditional uh, pilgrimage experience Experiences like you know renewing your baptismal promises in the Jordan River uh, uh going to Cana and for those uh, who were traveling with their spouses if they wanted to renew their wedding vows in Cana of Galilee they could do that uh, we, we got to go to you know, of course uh uh Golgotha right and where where Jesus uh, suffered and died he was crucified and but we were also there at the Holy Sepulchre where he was buried and then also rose from the dead and in between all these visits we got to eat in some of the best restaurants in Israel and Palestine uh, we were taken in behind the scenes into the kitchen in a number of restaurants, family-owned restaurants, uh, where we got, uh, we received uh, or were able to participate in cooking demonstrations, learning different cooking techniques uh, in the kitchen, in the Middle Eastern kitchen, and learning also uh, some history about food and about how Jesus would have eaten 2,000-plus years ago. So quite a, an amazing trip, and it's documented there. I tell stories in the book, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie, Middle Eastern Cuisine, uh, which is available on Amazon. It's available from Ligori.org. Uh, org. Uh, It's available probably at your local Catholic bookstore and it just so happens that I happen to have a few copies available myself. So if you'd like a a signed copy of that book perhaps for yourself or to give as a gift uh, you can just email me jeff at catholicfoodie.com and I can handle the uh, uh, invoicing of that individually with you if you're interested. Uh, List price of the book is $25.99. If you order it from me, it's $25 even. I cover the shipping, uh, but you could also get it, like I said, if you have an Amazon Prime account and you have free shipping there, it's available on Amazon. Liguori, uh frequently, and they may right now have a special going on where it's free shipping. So the book is available. It's out there. Uh, your local Catholic bookstore may also have it. Check with them. Uh, but if you wanted to get a signed copy, you can email me, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, you know, uh, we do not have any voice feedback today, but I do want to invite you, if you have not called in, if you do have a question, about food and faith, perhaps a particular recipe, perhaps um, uh, you want just want to share what you know, something that you have cooked recently that you enjoyed, that your family enjoyed. I'd love to hear about it. You can be part of the show. Just call anytime, any hour of the day or night. You can call 985-635-4974 and leave a voice message. That voice message will be recorded in a digital format that I am able to play here on the show. You can be a part of the Catholic Foodie Show that way. Again, the number is 985-635-4974. Also, you know, this is Real Life Radio. We are uh, on Real Life Radio here, and uh, it's live. This is a live show. Uh, You can call live if you uh, would like to jump on the show right now with a question, comment, suggestion, the number 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380. You know, we say that Real Life Radio is usable. And hopefully that does pique your curiosity. If it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the care to share link. Uh, Real Life Radio is a media ministry caring for those seeking fulfillment by sharing our faith experiences to find a better understanding of what Jesus and his church is offering. Uh, yesterday on the show, I did uh, remark to you or point out to you uh, that I am a standing guest, a regular guest on the new, just released last week, on the third, just released last week, The Faithful Traveler has uh, Diana von Glan, my friend Diana. The Faithful Traveler has a new radio show here on Real Life Radio. You can listen to it. Tune in at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time right here, realliferadio.com to listen to that show. And uh, on Wednesdays, I am our guest. Uh, Last Wednesday, we did an introductory show where I just kind of talked about food and faith in general. Where I came from, what this Catholic foodie thing is all about, and how I can participate with Diana and talking about food and travel, and how it how it all kind of blends together with our faith. With our faith, uh, there's going to be a replay of that show tomorrow. This is a new show, an introduction. You can listen in again tomorrow at eleven o'clock. Eastern Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, to hear that show again with uh, with the Catholic Foodie and the Faithful Traveler, Jeff Young and uh, Diana von Glahn together uh, on the radio. Uh, and I'd also love to hear what you have to think about this new show. I think it's fantastic. I'm very excited about it. She's got a, a special guest joining her each day of the week, and uh, I'm on Wednesdays. I think it's a fantastic concept, great idea, very engaging. And she, you know, here she is, the Faithful Traveler, this TV personality is now Rocking it on radio. She's she's becoming a Catholic radio ninja, and uh, very very exciting stuff. So you can check that that check out that over at realliferadio.com. Also, I do want to mention before we get started today talking about food and recipes, tomatoes and uh, what else we got? Oh, pickles, pickled vegetables, and and chicken, and all this good stuff. I got lots of ideas for you. Toss these out today as we're getting into back to school week. Uh, before we do that though, I do want to mention just a little shout out here to barb barb who is also known as a franciscan mom that's her her handle on Twitter, Franciscan Mom. She is a contributor and also an editor over at CatholicMom.com. And I'm trying to pull this up right now. Barb, Barb and I, you know, we got to meet in person for the first time uh, a couple of weeks back at the uh, Catholic Writers Guild slash Catholic Marketing Network's trade show up in New Jersey. And uh, it's a pleasure to finally have uh, met her in person. We have been in conversation back and forth for— uh, I don't know, years, I guess, has been uh, on you know social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, also, Catholic Mom, since she is a, a, an editor there, I deal with her on a regular basis. I am a monthly contributor uh, to CatholicMom.com. Uh, I provide them a meatless recipe once a month. And uh, you can find all the recipes that I, I have shared with them over at uh, CatholicMom.com. Just search for Catholic Foodie or Jeff Young, and those will pull up. The meatless meals that they do on Friday and uh, so I've, I've had many occasions where I have communicated with Barb. Barb has been uh, awesome. She has been so awesome when it comes to uh, my book. She loves to cook. She actually has a food blog herself, and uh, and she does recipes. And and she has since the book, even before the book came out, she engaged with me online about the content of the book the concept of the book and uh it just always has been very encouraging and, and i've been very excited about that uh she um had told me a few months back that she was working on putting together a, uh, like an official review of my book and uh, it's finally out. It came out, uh, let's see what the date is on here. It came out on August 6th. So that would have been Thursday of last week. And, um, you know, we have been talking uh, as again, online and also via email. She would tell me whenever she was trying a recipe, she has tried several recipes from the book and has just been so gracious in her conversation. Comments and 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 um, not just her comments. There's a word I'm looking for, and I can't really think of it. But she she knows what she's doing is what I'm trying to say, right? She knows what she's doing in the kitchen, and to have someone like Barb say that every recipe she has tried has been like right on is is awesome. <laughs> I mean it's humbling uh, on the one hand but it's just so exciting because I've got somebody who knows what they're doing in the kitchen. They're using these recipes and they're testing them. They're not just playing around with them. They're, they're testing the recipes and she's saying, "Yep, here's another one." Right on. Right on. Right on. So that's that's fantastic. I do want to share her particular review with you. Uh, when we come back from the break, you know, you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported. Real Life Radio, we do have to take a break, uh, but we will be back in just a minute. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. So excited to have you here with me today. You know, today is the Feast of St. Clair of Assisi. And uh, St. Clair is just awesome. I love, well, first of all, I just love Franciscans, period. Uh, St. Francis, uh, St. Clair, and uh, I was just talking before the break about Barb. You know, Barb, Franciscan mom is her Twitter handle. Uh, Barb is is a secular Franciscan, so I, I have a lot of love and admiration for the Franciscans, all Franciscans. And uh, here on the, the Feast Day of St. Clair, I thought I'd give you a quote or two uh from her because she was really you read what she wrote she was absolutely head over heels in love with jesus absolutely head over heels in love with jesus and she used to say here's just a couple of quotes from her her writings totally love him who gave himself totally for your love uh she says gaze upon him consider him contemplate him as you desire to imitate him um Here's another one. She says, um, Go forth in peace, for you have followed the good road. Go forth without fear, for he who created you has made you holy, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. St. Clair of Assisi, pray for us today and every day. You know, before the break, I was talking to you about this uh, book review uh, from uh, Barb, the Franciscan mom, uh, over at CatholicMom.com. And I wanted to share this with you. I, again, uh, I'm, I'm humbled because it's, 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 uh, it's just awesome. Uh, to have someone who knows what they're doing in the kitchen to use the book and to uh, to love it, to praise the book. And it, it's also, I mean, it's very exciting for me. When you write a book, you pour yourself into it, right? It's, in a lot of ways, there've been many, many people who have made the analogy of uh, writing a book is kind of like having a child. And it's not the same, of course, as having a baby, but, but it, the, the analogy does stick, it does work. I mean, it's full of your own um, uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears that are poured into this thing. Right. But at the same time, it has to live independently of you As, as the author. You can't walk around to every person who reads it and answer questions. And, and, and make sure they understand everything correctly, right? You've got to make it in such a way, you have to write it in such a way that it can stand on its own. You give it life in that, in that way. Uh, so that's an analogy, of course, but, but you get the picture. It becomes an extension of who we are in, in a similar way to the way that we look sometimes at our children. Our children are part of us. They are who, you know, they're, we're not the same individual, but, but they are part of our family. They're part of who we are. And, uh, and it's a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing. And so when you have someone praise your children or you have someone praise your book, um, that can be very exciting. It is humbling, but it's also uh, very exciting. So this is what Barb had to say. She said, cookbook author and CatholicMom.com contributor Jeff Young told me that he purposely creates his recipes to feed large groups of people. That way you'll want to share. You'll definitely want to share the meals you make from the recipes in his cookbook, cookbook, Around the Table of the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. Don't be intimidated by the idea of Middle Eastern cuisine. Most of the ingredients in Jeff's recipes are easy to find. One spice that might be more difficult to get locally is sumac, but you can get that one online. I was fortunate to find it in a local Turkish market. When you make Jeff's recipes, you'll be using real foods, fresh ingredients, and no chemical substitutes. It's a healthier way to eat, and I guarantee you that it's more delicious too. Jeff's directions are clear, and he includes plenty of tips on working with certain ingredients and mixing your own spice blends. But one of my favorite things about his cookbook is the story that goes with each recipe. Stories are part of the fun around the dinner table, and they're part of the fun of this cookbook as well. Many of these Middle Eastern recipes originated in the Holy Land, and the first two chapters of the book are all about the family table, food in the Bible, and where food meets faith. Don't skip these stories just to get to the recipes. Um, I made several of the recipes from this cookbook so far. Oven-baked salmon, three ingredients, Easy and completely delicious. Sesame tahini paste cookies. Fish with pistachios and dill. Crispy roasted potatoes, parsley potatoes, carrots with cumin, rice pilaf, lamb stuffed cabbage rolls, and Israeli chopped salad. Some of these recipes have made it into the regular rotation around here. All of them have been excellent, and I have a few more recipes in my meal plan for the coming weeks. I even planted a grapevine this spring so that I could get grape leaves to make one of the recipes, but I don't have quite enough leaves yet to do this." Finally, I have given two copies of this book as gifts to people I love who love cooking and trying new flavors. I'm not done trying recipes from this book, and I'm also not done purchasing it as a gift. So uh, thank you so much, Barb, for such an awesome, wonderful uh, review of the book. Again, the book is, I mean, the review is over at uh, uh, CatholicMom.com. In the show notes for this show, I will put uh, a link to the review and also to Barb's websites, because she's got multiple. Uh, you can find the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com. And again, the book is available online at Amazon. It's available at Liguori. It's available through Aquinas and more uh, books and uh, it's also available probably at your local bookstore I do have to say that I do have a few copies myself here um, that I had extras from in a, a speaking event that I did so if you are interested in getting a copy signed either for yourself or for uh, to give as a gift uh, let me know you can email me at Jeff at com. the list book of the, the list price of the book is 25.99 I would uh, sell it to you for 25 that uh, that does include shipping. That does include shipping. And it would be a signed copy. So uh, let me know, Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com, if you're interested. All right, let's talk about some food here today. I, I did mention yesterday that um, this is, uh, for, for a lot of folks at least, it is back to school week. So a lot of activity, kids, you know, going back to school, trying to get into a new routine. Uh, sometimes you're you're kind of wondering, okay, what? how, how is dinner going to factor in to to today, you know, maybe the kids have, uh, after school activities. I mean, you know what it's like is being a, a, a kid today is a very busy experience, but being a parent today with kids in school is, uh, is just as busy, if not busier trying to help them with homework, everything else. It's very, very challenging. And I understand that. And one of the things that I try to do as the Catholic foodie is first of all, encourage you to not, allow dinner time to just uh, fade away from your everyday experience with your family. It's vitally important. It really is. Because it's not, again, it's not so much about the food itself as it is about um, the the relationships around the table and how spending that time, even if the time is spent doing no more than correcting your children because they're misbehaving at the table, you're still together. You're still having that time together. And uh, hopefully it's not going to only be about correcting them, hopefully, it's going to be more about sharing life and sharing what's going on. Uh, as children of three teenagers, I mean, as, as a parent of three teenagers, right? I've got three teenagers at home now, uh, and I, and we have gone through this whole uh, the whole gamut, right? Of infants, toddlers, uh, adolescents uh, into teenage years, we've gone through all these uh, experiences around the table almost on a daily basis uh, with with our family, and so I know the challenges. I think at each stage, I I was telling my wife that uh, the other day, and I think that um, this, the challenges that we're experiencing now with teenagers, it's almost, uh, in a way, it's a good thing that we're going through these challenges because it helps me, it gives me a different perspective and it helps me to, uh, to continue to inspire and encourage people to get around the table and to, to meet you where you are, to meet people where they are, Uh, that it can be very challenging. And for a long, long time, we didn't have the challenges that we have today. Right, We didn't have the teenage challenges and now we do. So I think that's a good thing and it helps me to to kind of continue to encourage all of the different parents, different families that I, I do communicate with or, or in, am in contact with or who listen to the show or who read uh, the blog over at CatholicFoodie.com. So having said all that, uh, some ideas, right, some ideas. Uh, I came across uh, an article the other day about tomatoes, and this is on Epicurious.com. I don't know if you've ever heard of that particular website, Epicurious. I love it because they have tons of, of very, very practical and easy to understand, easy to follow, not just recipes, although they do have recipes there, but also just ideas. I'm going to share another, um, I think it's from, no, 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 no. There's another article I want to share with you in a, in a bit, but that one is from Bon Appetit Magazine. This one from Epicurious is about tomatoes, and, uh, you know, the, the, the point of this coming out here just on the 10th, which was what yesterday just came out yesterday, uh, is because here we are mid-August. What's going on? It's summertime. We still have an abundance of tomatoes. Thank God. I love tomatoes. Nothing like a fresh tomato. Um, I, I unfortunately don't have a garden. Right now, I, uh, gardens are challenging for me. Gardens are challenging, but uh, I do I do love fresh tomatoes, and I purchase them either uh, at the store or I, I purchase them at the farmer's market when I can get them. Uh, but this is a, a recipe that uh, caught my eye. It caught my eye because it's related to something that I have in the cookbook. This is an is- Israeli. Couscous and tomato salad. And uh, here's what you would need for this. I'm going to put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. The picture itself is beautiful. You'd have to see this dish. And something like this is so easy to put together, right? It's a salad. But you could really, if you make enough of it, you can make it into a meal. For this recipe, it calls for one cup of Israeli couscous or other small pasta or grain. Uh, I would say you could even uh, use bulgur wheat because bulgur wheat is something that we would use in tabbouleh which is a Lebanese dish. Beautiful, very very similar to this. Uh, but you would use one cup of Israeli couscous according to package directions, two tablespoons of olive oil, grilled tomatoes, and you can grill those in many different ways. One way that I would probably do it, it'd be very easy to me, and the the recipe here doesn't tell you how, but you can use these cherry tomatoes, not grape, because grape tomatoes are too small, but the cherry tomatoes, a little bit bigger. And if you use uh, skewers, you can skewer those, maybe coat them with a little olive oil, to prevent sticking and then, uh, and then put them on a grill outside grill uh, and grill them on a high heat turning them as you need to but you only really need to grill them for probably three minutes I mean not not long you just want the, some charring to take place on the outside of the skin not a complete char but just in spots and for them to soften and uh, we're going to have to take a break though we'll have to come back to this recipe you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You supported Real Life Radio we'll be back in just a minute don't go away Live radio. I'm your host Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. We're talking today about uh, well, a lot of things. We're talking about tomatoes. We're talking about uh, pickling vegetables, and hopefully, if we have time, I'm gonna talk to about uh, about grilling, grilling chicken or grilled chicken uh, seasoning options. Different things that you may not have thought of before. Uh, but before the break, we're talking about uh, Israeli couscous uh, recipe. Uh, for a salad, uh, Israeli couscous and tomato salad, something that you could put together quick and easy uh, that if you made enough of it, at least you could make it into a meal. I love salad. I love salad as a meal. Just got to make enough of it, you know. Uh, so I was talking about grilling tomatoes and how I would uh, skewer them and uh, little cherry tomatoes. You know, you don't want them. To, you don't want the grape tomatoes. They're too small, but the cherry tomatoes should work well. And, uh, and that's what I use when I, uh, when I make kebabs at, at, uh, at home. Uh, so you're gonna grill those on an open flame uh, on a grill outside, uh, and you can. Is it not gonna take long? Maybe three minutes. Uh, and what you're gonna, what you're looking for is for the to uh, for the skin to start to to uh, break and to char in spots and just in places. And so you're gonna want to rotate those skewers too. Uh, and it's really only gonna take about three minutes. So the grilled tomatoes. All right, you need one cup of Israeli couscous. Two tablespoons of olive oil with the grilled tomatoes. um, And really, as many as you want to do. Uh, There's no – the recipe here on Epicurious.com doesn't give uh, an amount. And that's – I love that. I love that. Because, you know, you do it the way you want to do it. That's how it should be. Do it the way you want to do it. Uh, One half head of radicchio. A quarter – a quarter – well, this doesn't – I would have written this a little bit differently, but anyway, it's a uh, one quarter, a quarter of a, of a, of a small red, uh, red onion, uh, thinly sliced. So just a quarter of a, of an onion sliced thinly. Uh, Salt, pepper, shaved ricotta salada. Ricotta salada, if you haven't had that, it's a hard cheese. It is a hard cheese and very, very salty. Uh, I love that. Mm, So good. Shaved ricotta salada, chopped toasted almonds, and then fresh parsley and oregano leaves. How do you prepare this? You're going to cook the one cup of Israeli couscous. Uh, According to package directions, toss it with two tablespoons of olive oil. Meanwhile, prepare grilled tomatoes. Uh, Brush one-half, Half head of the radicchio with oil, and then grill the radicchio over high heat, uh, turning occasionally, uh, until lightly charred, five to eight minutes. Let that cool, then coarsely chop and toss with the tomatoes uh, and with the uh, the small red onion and the couscous. Season with salt and pepper. Serve topped with shaved ricotta salata, chopped toasted almonds, and fresh parsley and oregano leaves. Sounds delicious, but I have to tell you, when I'm I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh, it's missing something. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) did you think that did you think that that cross your mind is it's missing something if I was making this right now I tell you what I would do I couldn't help myself I'd have to I would have to squeeze some lemon on that Squeeze some lemon, or uh, or even a little red wine vinegar. Uh, you notice there is oil in the recipe, but there is no uh, no no acid, nothing acidic. Uh, and and I love in my salads, I love a little tang, I love a little something acidic, either fresh squeezed lemon juice or uh, or a vinegar of some sort. You know, for this particular salad, I think that a red wine vinegar would go well. So that is a recipe. I will post the link over at uh, CatholicFoodie.com for the show notes with this show. Uh, but, you know, over at Epicurious they were talking about tomatoes. This was a uh, yesterday, an article that came out yesterday listing several tomatoes Several recipes that feature tomatoes. One was uh, a, a chicken dish. It was chicken with herb roasted tomatoes and pan sauce. So that looked really really good. To using a, a boneless uh, chicken breast, I have to admit, I, I, I frequently when I'm buying chicken, I don't. I like to buy it on the bone uh, for a reason. I like to keep the bones first of all for stock, but secondly, when you're cooking chicken, uh, a boneless chicken, any kind of piece of boneless chicken, uh, the tendency is for that. To dry out, the bone is actually going to help you to retain moisture in in the chicken as you're cooking it. So, uh, but you can certainly make a variation of this. You know, I like to look at recipes just for ideas. But chicken with an herb roasted tomato sounds awesome. Uh, ham Gruyere and tomato toast with Dijon mustard. So it's kind of like a uh, kind of like a um, uh, a sandwich, but it's not. It's open faced, and it looks like it's uh, either going to be grilled or or even baked. It looks pretty good. And then they have a a steak dish here called a grilled flat iron steak with toasted spice vinaigrette lots of tomatoes in this dish um However, it's it's called for this. This recipe is actually set up for for Friday for a suggestion on Friday, and uh, you know the, the bishops have called us not. It's not mandated, certainly not mandated, but as a recommendation, as a suggestion, to pray and to make sacrifices for all the needs that we have in our country today and in our world uh, to abstain from meat on Fridays. So, if you want ideas on meatless meals for Friday, you can certainly go to CatholicMom.com. Uh, and check out their meatless, uh, their meatless Fridays. They have tons of recipes for meatless meals on Fridays over at CatholicMom.com. Very happy to contribute there uh, once a month. So those are uh, some tomato ideas and tomato recipes. Uh, there were some other things that I came across too that I thought were uh, very, very interesting. One of the reasons that the tomato dish, that Israeli couscous uh, popped out or jumped out at me is because I have something similar here in uh, in my book, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie, Middle Eastern Cuisine. Uh, in the salads section, um, I do have... What do I have? I'm trying to look at the directions here as I, oh, I was just looking at the soups. No wonder I didn't see it. (laughs) But I do have a tomato onion salad with mint, which is something similar featuring tomatoes. Uh, The Palestinian parsley salad with tahini dressing will also have tomatoes in it. The Israeli chopped salad absolutely has tomatoes. Love that salad, Israeli chopped Salad. It's, it's also a family favorite. Not only my own, but also my father in law has fallen in love with that one. And then tabbouleh. Uh, tabbouleh is uh, a, a traditionally a parsley salad, uh, but it does have tomatoes in it and in uh, bulgur wheat, uh, lemon juice, onions. Uh, I do have a recipe over at CatholicFoodie.com for that as well. Uh, tabbouleh is one of my absolute favorite salads. Uh, love that. And uh, also this other uh, recipe I want to share with you today talks about pickling vegetables. It's not a complicated process. Very simple, very easy to do. Uh, Epicurious again had an article that came out. um, This one may have come out a little bit. A little while ago, I'm trying to see if there's a date here. I don't see it, but it, it, the the the, uh, the title of the article, and I, again, I will put a link in the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com. But the title of the article this was back in June. Goodness, it's it's how to pickle basically everything, and I have a, a similar recipe also in my book. But the recipe here is the, just a basic recipe it uses two cups of apple cider vinegar, a half a cup of sugar, two tablespoons of kosher salt, one tablespoon of black peppercorns, one tablespoon of mustard seeds, and then 10 medium carrots. Because what we're doing here in this particular example recipe is pickling carrots. So you'd want uh, 10 medium carrots, about a, a pound and a half, peeled, quartered, and then sliced crosswise into three-inch segments. And here's how, this is just to show you how simple this is. This is so simple to do. How do you do it? You bring vinegar, salt, sugar, peppercorns, mustard seeds, and two cups of water to a boil in a medium pot over high. Heat, stirring occasionally, reduce the heat to medium low and then simmer for 10 minutes. Place the carrots in a heat proof resealable container or jar. They call those what mason jars? You know, you can get those mason jars uh, to use for this. And then divide among several containers if necessary, right? Use as many containers as you need to put the you know to, to, to accommodate the carrots. Then you want to pour the hot brining liquid over the carrots and then let cool to room temperature, then cover and chill at least two hours hours before serving. So this is a quick pickling method. Um, Let's see. There was something else I wanted to share with you about this. What was it? Well, there's several things that you could pickle. This was, the example here was carrots, right? Uh, You could do, of course, you could do what? Cucumbers, right? The classic pickles of cucumbers. You could also do some things that, you to kind of spice it up a bit. Uh, If you wanted to add chili flakes into um, the mix, you certainly could do that. That'll give it a little little punch, a little kick. Um, You could also, uh, if you wanted to pickle mushrooms, as an example, which are so good, uh, you could also add some garlic in there. Garlic would help to, to, to give added flavor as well along with some some chili powder or not chili powder, chili flakes. Um, to give it a little zing right? A little little punch. Uh, you can also add something like um, uh, fresh uh, ginger. Fresh ginger to the pickling mix, and that'll also give it another punch. You know, fresh ginger, if you've had fresh ginger, it does pack some heat, and uh, I love that stuff. That's really, really good. But, you know, the thing is, the point is behind any of this and these recipe ideas is just that's it. They're ideas. They're supposed to spark your own creativity. And you can make these things however you you like to make them. And I do encourage you to experiment uh, in the kitchen. Play around. See what you like. Try something new and different. I think it's a lot of fun. And you can also stumble upon some really good dishes that way. And you end up sharing that with family and friends. And then you become something like a Food Network star right there in your own kitchen with your own family or with your neighbors. That's a pretty cool benefit. All right. Uh, let's see. So those are some ideas there for, uh, for what? For tomatoes and for pickling vegetables. Uh, the recipe that I have in the book, by the way, on pickling vegetables, a little bit different. Let me see if I could find that real quick. Uh, it was for, and it, because this is very popular, you know, the Middle Eastern cuisine, they have uh, something similar to what we have as an appetizer. Uh, before our meals, except they call it a meze, M E Z Z E, meze. And, and that is a prolonged period of socializing, typically with wine or with some other kind of cocktail, uh, but with lots of small plates. And you just share the food, share different appetizers, a bunch of different appetizers for the table. And uh, the pickles. Feature uh, uh, or featured on the mezze uh, on the mezze spread quite often, so we can talk about that a little bit more. When we get back in the break. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on you supporting Real Life Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a minute. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. And today we're talking about ideas, ideas uh, to help you in the kitchen. Uh, we've talked tomatoes. We've talked about pickled vegetables. Uh, before the break, I was uh, telling you that the, in my book, uh, Around the Table of the Catholic Foodie, Middle Eastern Cuisine, I did include uh, pickled turnips, believe it or not. Turnips. Do you like turnips? I, uh, you know, traditionally, historically did not like turnips uh, at all. <laughs> but on a uh, Middle Eastern table, uh, mezze, as they uh, are called, uh, the mezze being a uh, prolonged period of uh, socializing over small plates, many different uh, types of appetizer type foods, uh, dips like your hummus, your baba ganoush, uh, also typically wine or or some kind of cocktail, perhaps an aperitif, as they, call- as they are called, uh, like a rock, uh, Uh, Which is a licorice uh, liqueur, um, you know. It's just a time spent together around the table before the big meal, the main meal arrives, and uh, it's very, it's it's very different than our, you know, American concept of an appetizer. Appetizers are very uh, quick, quick and dirty, right? They 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 happen. They come out. They're they're there. You nibble on it, and before you know it, your main uh, uh, meal is there, your main dish. Uh, it's not the same with, uh, uh a meze. Meze, it seems like you could go on for hours. It's almost like the Italians, you know, the Italians will have Sunday dinner. Uh, and it'll last four hours. This is kind of the same thing in the Middle East. You know, you have these meals together. It's not simply about putting gas in the gas tank, you know, the body it's about, um, Spending time together around the table, sharing yourself, sharing your life, sharing your time, and uh, and that's done with really good food uh, present. And so you'll have uh, the hummus and the baba ganoush and the fresh homemade pita bread and uh, things like uh, the, the the pickled turnips and other other pickled vegetables too on the table for you to snack on while you are visiting. Um, the recipe that I have uh, in the book is a little bit different, a little bit different uh, than what, what I just shared with you on Epicurious.com. And to be honest, I don't remember if I have this on, uh, on the website. I don't know if I have it on CatholicFoodie.com. I have to check it out. If not, you can find it in the book. It's on page 56 and around the table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. And uh, if it is on the website, I'll also include that link in the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com. All right. So in addition to uh, pickles and in addition to tomatoes, which are very much in season still right now, uh, what other ideas do I want to share with you today? You know, one of the things that is very, very simple to, to, to prepare at home and something that we'll do on a regular basis is kind of part of our normal uh, fare during the week, especially when it's busy, is to uh, is to, to roast chickens. Well, I'll roast a whole chicken in the oven. Uh, matter of fact, I usually I typically don't just roast a chicken. I'll do two. Why? Because it's no more effort and time goes into doing two as, as in doing one. So what I do is I wind up making a meal for one night, but also having a backup meal for either the next evening or perhaps for lunch the next day. Uh, And since I keep all those bones, I'm able to make stock. And then at some point, and the next day or even sometimes later that week, I have some, I have the bones there, I have all the, everything I need to make uh, a stock, which will later turn into a soup of some sort, or perhaps a gumbo if the weather's cold enough. Uh, so chicken is something that uh, that we cook on a, a regular basis, and which is why this particular uh, article jumped out. I have my own... Uh, way of seasoning chicken that is like a family favorite is the staple. It's just the way we go. Typically, the way we go. And, uh, that includes a Cajun spice blend that we have that we like. Um, and a little, I add a little salt because there's not enough salt in the spice blend itself. So a little salt, the spice blend, uh, which has a little kick to it because of the cayenne pepper. And then also I have this, uh, seasoning blend that I get every year at the Greek fest in New Orleans. It's a, it's just labeled as Greek seasoning. It's got uh, oregano in it. It has rosemary in it. It's got black pepper in it. It's got, uh, Uh, Red pepper flakes. Uh, There's something else. I don't know if there's. What else is there? There's oregano, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going from memory here. But anyway, it's it's a it's a spice blend. You see all these herbs in it, and so I'll sprinkle the chicken with the herbs too. Yeah, kind of get make sure I get it all over. Get up underneath the wings and all that, you know. And uh, and then I simply roast the birds. I roast them uh, two at a time. I'll start off the oven at 400. And leave it at 400 for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh, and that starts the browning process because a little bit high, higher temperature, you know, start the browning process because I, I like that that crispy skin, you know. And I, I do wish <laughs> I've thought about this quite a bit uh, in my lifetime. I wish that we could just get like, I mean, there's nothing like fresh roasted chicken skin. It's just so good. (laughs) You know, I almost wish I could just go and get that somewhere, you know, just roast the skin and uh, it's almost like potato chips, but just so much better. Anyway, uh, what I'm saying is, you know, roasting these chickens 400 degrees, for about 20-25 minutes, is going to start that roasting process, that browning process, make it a really crunchy, nice uh, golden brown skin, uh, and then I'm going to drop the temp uh, down to about 350, and it's going to it's going to roast in the oven there for another. Um, uh, 40 minutes or so. It depends on the size of the chickens. You, you may have to go a little bit longer. But anyway, that's our typical spice blend. Have I done different? Certainly. There have been times I've done something that's a little more uh, with a Middle Eastern or Lebanese profile, flavor profile. There have been times that I've done more of a, uh, what you would think of as Mexican spices uh, with cumin you know, and chili powder, and, and you make a, a spice blend like that to... Uh, to season the chicken. But here I've got 15 different possibilities for you. Different, and again, these aren't recipes. These are simply seasoning options. Uh, seasoning uh, blends or suggestions, things that you might not have thought of as going together and and being put on, on chicken. And it could be any kind of chicken. You could get grilled chicken. It could be boneless chicken if you wanted to. It could be chicken pieces, legs, thighs, uh, drumsticks, whatever it may be, not drumsticks, uh, wings, whatever it may be that you're going to grill uh, outside on the grill. Or, like I just talked about, roast in the oven. How about this? Harissa... And yogurt, Uh, plain yogurt. And I always, when I get yogurt, I like to go full fat, full fat Greek style yogurt. That's where all the flavors and the fat, folks, that's where you got to get it. Uh, But plain yogurt, then a healthy dollop of harissa, which is a garlicky red pepper paste. Uh, And it makes for like a very sweet, hot uh, marinade. So you can use that as a flavor combination. What about za'atar, which is Middle Eastern? Za'atar, I love za'atar. So good. Uh, Za'atar, it's a a, a blend of thyme, sesame seeds, and sumac. Um, You can buy it online. I know it's available online. You can get that. So if you have a Middle Eastern market, uh, anywhere near your, your house, your city, uh, you'll, you'll find it there. Zatar is really, really good. Uh, but Zatar and then lemon zest, you know, you can use that as a, uh, as a, uh, a seasoning blend for, for chicken. I would, if I was going to do this, I would certainly salt it first because it's, there's no salt in the Zatar itself. So I'd salt it, you know, and then add the, the Zatar and, and lemon zest after. Uh, buttermilk and dill and lemon zest is another option. Uh, buttermilk, a uh, buttermilk brine. If you're to brine your chicken. A buttermilk brine not only adds flavor, but it also makes for one tender bird. Here's another one. What about brown sugar, white wine vinegar, and white wine vinegar is surprisingly awesome uh, when you're cooking with it. Really, really good. Brown sugar, white wine vinegar, onions, and garlic. I would like uh, a sweet yellow onion for that. That would be very good. Sweet yellow onion. So this comes out like what? It comes out like sweet, acidic, and earthy is what the uh, uh, the 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 article says. And you know, with the brown sugar, it's gonna add some caramel caramelization uh, to the chicken skins. So that and a little extra crunch there. And some flavor. So that's really good. Now, here's one. Now, if you're adventurous, if you like uh, Asian food, if you like um, uh, Thai food, as an example, fish sauce with sambal. I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Sambal, uh, Oelek, and shiracha. I can pronounce that. I love that. And then brown sugar. The sambal is is made by the same company as uh, as shiracha. Rooster sauce, they call it. Uh, Sambal is chunkier. It's, it's got, uh, you can see the seeds in there. You can see chunks of stuff in there. It's, it's, um, there's a term for that, of what that sambal really is. And I can't think of it. It's on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it. Very good. Fish sauce, very salty, very salty. Has a, has a a really pungent, almost kind of, for me personally, it's like a nasty smell. I don't like the smell. I love the flavor and uh, I use it frequently when I'm making soups. I'll use fish sauce in the soups. Uh, but fish sauce, sambal, sriracha, brown sugar. Um, Wow that that's you could probably make that combine it all together marinate the chicken in it for a while first then put it on the grill. Ooh, that sounds good. It's going to come out red too. <laughs> that chicken's going to look red, but I bet it's delicious. Uh, better than the, uh, what do they call those things? The buffalo buffalo wings, right? Buffalo wings. This would be even better. Uh, honey and mustard. Now, now, this is not, you probably have thought of this before, right? Honey, mustard, typical spice, typical flavor profile you hear about this. You can get honey mustard uh, dips when you go to restaurants, if you get chicken dips, tenders or something like that. But what about actually using real honey and real mustard to season a chicken? it works. It works. That's where the whole idea came from for this other stuff too. Uh, but you can, you can put on, uh, real honey and, uh, and real mustard. Do something like a Dijon, you know, cause a Dijon's got certain sinus clearing capabilities that, <laughs> that also, um, have a lot of flavor. So that's really good. um, There are a few more here. I'm going to put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com, like smoked paprika, cayenne, grilled lemons, and fresh parsley as an example, roasted garlic and sea salt. Those are really good. But we're out of time, folks, so I want to thank you for uh, listening today to The Catholic Foodie Show. I am Jeff Young, your host, and uh, guess what? We'll be back tomorrow, so stay tuned. Uh, and, And until then, bon appetit.